0: That's the sound of the coffee pouring. Welcome to The Doctor's Brew. I'm your host, Dr. Abdulaziz Al-Khayyat, and having coffee with us today is Dr. Hashim Bulbanat. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. very excited. Uh, Now, today's topic. Today, we're going to be talking about a world that I and most Kuwaiti doctors have not entered, a world that I was only able to get a glimpse at when I would read my first aid textbook. And you might have guessed it by now, today we're gonna be talking about medical school in the US. Absolutely, it's an absolute privilege to go to the US for medical school,
1: even though it's a very atypical experience. Mm -hmm. I think I'm not one, I'm 95% sure that I'm the first Kuwaiti graduate who is actually currently in Kuwait. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think we have two people who graduated. One of them was before me, mm-hmm. and one of them with me, but they're both doing residency and pedi- pediatric residency somewhere, but I'm not sure exactly
0: where they are right now. So suffice it to say, you have an experience that most Kuwaiti doctors don't.
1: Absolutely, so so yeah. the, so just to give you a quick background about what happens in the US, I think mm-hmm. the last time they opened the the region for people to go was before 2008 or something like that. Oh, and then okay. they closed it for a few years. Then they reopened it back in 2012. Okay. I went to the U.S. in 2014. So there was a lot of people before me. Right. And imagine from all of these people. I, I think I'm the second one to graduate. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's very different. Yeah, it's yeah. very different. It's very competitive. And I think what sets the U.S. apart is just how rigorous the selection process is. You go through multiple filtering episodes throughout the years, mm. which I think other countries do not provide. And for Kuwaiti students who are abroad, that that is a nightmare. It's an absolute Absolutely. nightmare because you, you never know when you're going to fail. And yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's what's anxiety-provoking about the U.S. It's just, <laughs> dude, am I going to get sent back home this year for professionalism issues, for academic issues, Ooh. for financial issues? And <laughs> recently it was because of immigration laws, so it was like, you're always on your foot of whether it, can I be fully focused on my medical studies, or am I going to be scared about being deported recently, or am I am I not going to fa- am yeah. I going to fail this academic course, or am I not professionally enough? Sorry, sorry. So it's so
0: it's a, a, lot, d- to a it's, lot to unpack because it's it's uh, you know like I said this is only a world world that I was able to glimpse out from afar. Absolutely, it's not something. And it, the thing is, Kuwaiti medical student. Is different to American medical student. The experience is totally different. Continue. So before we dive into here, uh, today we have our we had our roasting in uh, br- uh, not brewing in house. Yep. Uh, Earth roastery is our official uh, partner uh, for this yep. episode, and they came in and uh, made uh, V sixty coffee for us. Absolutely, it was great to have them here. It was so much fun. Uh, now. I don't want to say anything. You tell me. What do you think of the coffee? So as a coffee aficionado,
1: Mm -hmm. maestro, connoisseur, call it whatever you want, (laughs) this is for me, this is the elixir of life. We were just talking about this, the Philosopher's Stone. This blend has been just just really rich. I had got some creaminess without any of the tanginess of Mm. regular coffee. And uh, you remember me before we even drank this, I was like, about to fall asleep. <laughs> and, uh, I'm kind of euphoric. I don't want to that. Not jittery. I, I, I do overconsume caffeine, mm-hmm. but I feel so much better. And it just tastes really well residual taste in my mouth. Happy to be here. <laughs>
0: and can I just say Absolutely. one thing we mentioned before is yeah. that you were going to be honest. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I'm not gonna mess around with coffee. <laughs> I promise you, I'll never mess around yeah. with coffee. So Earth Roastery, yeah. you know, this is uh, a true review of their coffee. This was not uh, this oh, yeah. was not just you know trying to be nice. Absolutely, yeah. I um, took
1: an oath to be. I took an oath for medicine. And I took an oath
0: for coffee to always be truthful. Two to separate oaths, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <separate laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, if you, I, you mentioned you haven't been to their 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 store, right? Absolutely, I didn't store. know. I d- I've never heard of yeah. Earth uh,
1: Roastery before, honestly. Yeah. Trying it now, I think that was a phenomenal coffee, yeah. and we smelled, we saw the whole process from the grinding to the measuring to the mm-hmm. way they process it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought it was phenomenal. I enjoy a good cup of coffee.
0: It, I hope. Yeah. Okay. No. But seriously, was it a fun experience to have to have it here in the studio? This was the first time someone comes in and is making the coffee for oh, us. Yeah. Was oh for yeah. Oh yeah. And I
1: think they did a fantastic job explaining okay. everything to us because I know we do drink a lot of coffee, but mm. we're not in depth about the process itself, the quality of the beans, the altitude. He Mm -hmm. talked to us about the layers of the bean, Mm -hmm. and I think that really made the experience wholesome.
0: Well, that's one of the reasons that we wanted to partner up with them, you know, is because they have such knowledge about the coffee that they were going, it wasn't just a, this is your coffee, drink it. Absolutely. There was a lot of knowledge to it. So uh, for everybody who's uh, watching or listening, uh, cannot support Earth through O3 more. They're in Dai Complex in Bide. And uh, also check out their online store. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, they also have uh, branches in Qatar and Dubai. So for our international listeners as well, uh, be sure to uh, to you know either online store or go to them in person and have this delicious cup of coffee.
1: Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And so, uh, as I said, as someone who's very selective about the coffee, I do give you the thumbs up for that one. <laughs> we got yeah, the thumbs yeah. up. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh right before we dive in, do you mind if you can move that uh, cup? Yeah, just whatever. Cool. Awesome. Let's, let's really unpack all of this. I, I want to go into your journey from start to finish here, okay? So before we get into what medical school was like, I want to know what was in your head. How did you decide to go to the US because that's that's uh, unique fate I'm just ah. gonna leave it at that okay. honestly it was
1: go fake it. so so here's the process i think we all go through this one mm-hmm. uh, especially for us in private schools i did go to nes which was like a private school like a british english, system. yeah, yeah british it's an system. english english
0: system again this is kind of again opposite because british system is not american yeah completely yeah, yeah, yeah. different there's no
1: like gpa yeah. it was just like your basic a b c d mm-hmm. and then you have to take the, like the cambridge exams and then you just basically get percentiles based on that you apply to the ministry of higher education and then you get, in. I think I scored the second rank in like the British system thing mm. uh, from the Kuwaiti students. Mm. Uh, so I was supposed to get dibs on where I used to go to. And I did initially want to go to the UK. I had no background information about the US. You were gonna go to the UK? Yeah, yeah, so I'm just gonna get ah. to it. It's all about fate. Okay. So the process happens is just like, I was very like immature back then, naive, unfamiliar with the application process. I didn't know how to do any of the things, which is typical of a 17 year old teenager. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't hold myself accountable for that. Honestly, it's <laughs> just a mistake of the past. So what's supposed to happen is once you get your acceptance, like they send you congratulations, you've been accepted into medicine as a major. Now you come to us to the. This ma- is from Kuwait. Qu- this is from Kuwait. Qu- this Ministry is from the of Ministry of Higher, Higher Education. Education. Yes. Okay. So you're supposed to go there. They look at your ranking, and then you get dibs on whatever location you you. you right. So, yeah, so uh, since me being second rank, I should have gone dibs on anywhere I wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. I wasn't familiar with any of the countries. I just know that I was in the British system. I like the British system. I just wanted to keep up with that.
2: Wait, you
0: like the British system?
1: Oh, yeah, it was like my. I mean, I was cu- accustomed to it. Like, okay. in retrospect, yeah, yeah. in hindsight, I'm like, dude, thank God for the U.S. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. Okay. Like, I'm going to talk a lot of smack about the U.S., but mm, honestly, the U.S. has been one of the best experience. I think that's the best experience in my life. It was a nightmare, but it was a very, very, very pleasant nightmare, if that even makes sense. That's cool. Okay, yeah, so okay. let's get back to Yeah, yeah, uh, so, so, so high so, school, yeah. Yes. So once I got my ranking, I got my interview. It's like it's not an interview, it's like an appointment where you come and sit with that guy and like, hey, you're second ranked, where do you wanna go? It's like, we have UK, we have Jordan, we have Bahrain, we have mm. the US, and then you select from there.
0: So well, who was supposed you to- have, You had to have an interview?
1: Not an interview, like you meet with that guy from the minute your appointment. Uh. So what happened is, I I don't remember
0: my process too well because, uh, like you said, immature kid, it just kind of flies Uh, through. No, uh,
1: it's not even, I don't think it's an immaturity thing. I think it's just you went through the process flawlessly like most people Mm. do without the obstacle that I went through. So I'm going to tell you what happened. Go on, go on. So my sister was supposed to drive me to that appointment. My appointment, I still remember, it was on 1030. I have a my feeling sister. you're going to say something bad about
0: yeah. your sister. Go for it. Uh, no, I'm not going to diss my
1: sister. But, like, I mean, she took way too long to get ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. Hon- I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I love my sister. And right now, I'm just, I'm just going to say it. Thanks to her. Thanks to her being late, I got to the point where I am today. So, I'm, I'm literally not going to diss Everything happens for a reason. Exactly. Okay. Back then, I didn't understand it. Right now, I'm glad that it's happened. Right. So, we got there by 11. And my appointment was 10.30. So when I sat with that guy, it's like, you're just going to be assigned by default. Whatever is left. No. Yeah. Whatever is going to be left. So that's no. how I ended up in the U.S.
0: That's really bad. That's
1: exactly how I ended up in the U.S. No way. And no one in my family knew what the U.S. was like as a medical system because no one's been there before. We tried
0: to ask. See, this was actually, I'll tell you my experience in a second, but this was one of the main points that was brought up to me. Is that, great, we have a beta program there. We're sending people. We don't know what it's like, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. And yeah. then as we went through the years, it
1: became much more clearer to us that the person who actually made the program, mm-hmm. who opened up the gateway to the U.S., mm-hmm. actually hadn't planned it very well. Yeah, there were many obstacles. You weren't guaranteed a seat at all. Okay. You were just sent there. It was just like a formality on an agreement. But, but when, when push came to shove, there was nothing material material there. Okay. So you had to do the whole thing yourself. okay okay so, so. from there I f- realized that there were three universities. There was either Temple which is in yeah. Philadelphia there was Wayne State which was in Michigan Detroit, Michigan I'm mm. gonna put it in that. And there was like Morgantown, West Virginia yeah and being a normal Kuwaiti kid, I had no idea what any of these three were. <laughs> so I just went with my gut and just selected whatever they gave me mm. and they gave me Detroit Michigan. So the mo- the day I told my mom about Detroit, She's like, oh, my mom didn't know. But then she asked a relative of mine who had a PhD from, like, North Carolina or something. Yeah, She's yeah. like, is he crazy going to Detroit?
0: Yeah. Uh, Do you uh, know Detroit, how? for me, I'm thinking of M&M. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally eight mile. Eight miles is the yeah, street. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: like, yeah. like, <laughs> supposed to be the most dangerous street in the U.S. or something like that. Really? Yeah. Back oh, okay. then. Right now, Detroit is incredibly safe. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's an absolute pleasant, like, life in the U.S. Okay. To be, to be in Detroit. Cool. assuming you, you're a responsible human being who avoids danger which i think most of us are yeah look anywhere <laughs> you go in the world if you're searching for danger you're gonna find that's it. true yeah. even in quith yeah. which is a very safe oh place, yeah absolutely you know so even when people ask me hey my son is going to wayne state in detroit how was I? i'm just gonna be honest with them it's incredibly safe like a very me- medical like state because just it, be be wary be smart, be smart, be smart you're going. exactly yeah, yeah. exactly and i think communication goes a long
0: way uh, street smarts will always be important absolutely
1: yeah, and, yeah. and you said it, street smart yeah, not yeah, yeah. just academic smart i know a lot of us get into medicine because we are academic smart but you need to be street smart to survive in the u.s in general absolutely, absolutely. i felt
0: the same experience sort of in manchester absolutely
1: you know? i think that's everywhere I honestly think that's everywhere. So, so my mom, yeah. my mom finds out that I match in Detroit, a basically go into Detroit, mm. and then she begins to sob, and she's like, "My, they're gonna kill my son." Gonna, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's like they're gonna kill my son. He's not gonna come back anytime soon. <laughs> so, <laughs> Poor thing. Yeah. Oh, sorry, my mic got out. So weird there. Yeah. the next part of the journey comes to convincing my mom. It's like you gotta let me go do this. I don't want to lose my Because career.
0: at this point, yeah, you'd lose a scholarship. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. there's no way
1: back. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's okay. no way back. And that's like and eventually I did hold a grudge on my sister just for being late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, if you were in my position you wouldn't you would have done the same. Your like
0: poor, your poor sister. Wait, is she medical by the way? Your she's not. She's, okay, not. she's so an engineer. She, she's she's a, fantastic. There's a chance she's not listening to this.
1: Oh, she, 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 there's a chance. She, I mean, she, I think she knows deep down what happened. Yeah, but I, I don't. Right now, I love my sister. There's nothing there we Well, if there. you're yeah, finding
0: yeah. out for the first time, this is going to make for a very oh, awkward no, no, family no, it's conversation. Fine, <laughs> it's fine. It yeah. is absolutely So you said uh, your mom now, you had to convince her.
1: I did have to convince her. Okay. the way I convinced her is through my uncle. Who has no knowledge of the U.S. doesn't understand Detroit. Not qualified to speak about that topic. It's just I was just like a seventeen-year-old who acted hey, like street smart. Yeah, I'm a seventeen-year-old who was just like, "Hey, please help me. When my mom's not yeah, actually yeah. convinced," and he actually talks to her. I don't know through what gospel or inspiration <laughs> uh, she she agrees to it, and yeah. then I go there. Okay. Okay. So now comes the real part. So I go there in around August 2014. Okay. As I said, there is like, the program started in 2012. There were a couple of people before me.
2: Cool.
1: I land in Michigan, and I'm like, "What is going on here? Yeah. Dude, That's it's literally like a shanty town in Brazil. You know, like everything, like El Jalib Quit. Let's let's keep it at that. Okay. It's like everything is broken down. The weather is a nightmare. It's a very spacious place. Well,
0: this is a good point. The, about the US is that because a lot of the Kuwaitis or us when we go to the to the US where are we going we're going LA we're absolutely. going to Beverly Hills we're going to the you know the polished places that's not not a one size fits all fits it's itself. not it's yeah, yeah. absolutely not
1: so yeah, this yeah. and this is the discrepancy that actually off put me off track was the fact that I was so used to the scenes in Hollywood where it was full of skyscrapers, affluent populations, <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And then yeah, I like, yeah. reached... Wait, and have sh- you
0: never... At that point, you never Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. No, no. So there was no visit. There was
1: no summer I visit. had no incentive to go there. I've been to Europe a lot. I've been to Southern Asia a lot. I've never
0: been to the US. See, you sound like me going to the UK when I went for med school. Yeah. And this is you to the US. Okay, but that's even farther, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, so let's talk about this. 14-hour flight
1: and i'm like not used to it 14 was the the least travel time or lowest travel time that i've ever I, been.
0: i was i was on a, a plane when i was 28 days old to the u.s oh my god so yeah god. no no i'm oh. used to it oh 12, yeah like 16 hours like, we're good
1: exactly the average average dude i've been to Kuwait a couple of times we'll talk about that it's like five times but every, the le- i've had multiple flights that were 28 hours long through okay. transits and stuff like that yeah i wasn't i was i'm not that rich to be able to afford like first <laughs> class fly, and fly. all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I went through the hardships of it, but I'm glad I did. So yeah. I, I, as I said, I land and then I'm like, what's going on with Michigan? What is this place? Yeah, yeah. Spacious, there's nothing I'm used to, the scenery, the weather, it's extremely cold. It's September. Yeah, it's freezing there. Within a week of there, they get a major flood in Michigan. And I'm like, oh my God, how am yeah, I gonna survive to Michigan, this place? Huh? Yeah, it's just like, it's a nightmare. It's yeah, like yeah. they have all four seasons. So then comes me getting into medical school, and as soon as I realized, and I talked to the boys there who were two years ahead of me, I realized no one had- Kuwaitis or not Kuwaitis? Yeah, the Kuwaitis. I think we were like, back then, it was a mix of medical and pharmacy students. I think we were a total of eight or seven, Mm -hmm. that's it. And I had like two people come with me who were both medicine. Unfortunately, neither of them did finish in Michigan. Yeah. None of them finished in Michigan. One of them went back, and one of them is almost done in VCU. He's like a very good friend of mine mm-hmm. in Virginia right now. Cool. So out of those ten, eight people ahead of me, none of them finished the program. Mm-hmm. Do you know how sad that is? And they were very qualified, very competent individuals. Yeah, They're I'm just, sure
0: they were not, you know. we don't. There, we there don't was nothing wrong with them. Yeah.
1: Absolutely nothing wrong with them. But this is me saying that the U.S. is phenomenal to study medicine because
0: you will come out a different beast. At so me. now— Okay, so one thing I'm wondering is because when I, when I was going for the Betha program, I wanted to go to the States, right? Yep. Um, and then at the time, we asked around, and we tried to get the vibe of, you mm-hmm. know, should I, should I go, should I not go? Because uh, I mentioned this before on the podcast. I was ready. I studied in American school. Uh, I spent a lot of time in the U.S. I was going to go to an American college. Mm-hmm. I got accepted to good programs, but they were not medicine, yep. you know, because you, the U.S., for anyone who's listening who doesn't know, you have to do an undergrad degree. And then you apply to med school. Yep. But the Beth, at least this is what I understood at the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I like the laugh. Um, they supposedly secure you a seat in med school. Exactly. With conditions. Exactly. Which the, you have to pass the MCAT exactly. uh, with a certain score, a GPA, and I don't know what else. Was that true? What was, what was it like?
1: So, yeah. So, there were contingencies, conditions, basically. Yes. But there were many of them and many of them were introduced to us very late in our journeys share so yeah so let's start first things first you need a gpa that's above a 3.7 okay a cumulative gpa cool okay a science GPA of 3.75 or something like that. so that's yeah. like
0: a if in high school for me i think that was like a honor or high that was an not honor a high role.
1: school uh, sorry i meant like this is once you do your bachelor degree
0: yeah, yeah i mean like in my high school uh, that was like uh, an honor okay. roll okay. level uh, okay. gpa right yeah exactly yeah, no no th-
1: for college that was very intense honestly. Yeah, yeah of course like yeah so first things first you gotta get a bachelor's degree in the u.s it doesn't matter Cool. it doesn't matter where you get i had a couple of engineers in my class in medical school i right. had a musician in my class i had a teacher in my class you had to get the 3.7 gpa hit a few scientific prerequisites and then pass the notorious MCAT.
0: but uh, as a quaidy student could you pick your bachelor's exactly
1: so here's the thing i know. I was telling you about a couple of students in my class who were musicians, yeah, and, yeah. You know, like someone who's a, like a philosophy major. Yeah, Kuwait yeah. did not allow you to do that. Okay. You had to do you had to do one of three science majors, either biology, mm-hmm. get a bachelor of science in biology, bachelor mm-hmm. of science in chemistry, or a bachelor of science in biochemistry. I did biology, which is mo- what most people do.
0: And let me veer off for a second here. Let's imagine you did it, uh, you, you didn't get into med school. What do you do with a biology degree? Uh,
1: I had it. So a lot of my friends who unfortunately didn't, to complete the ride, yeah. eventually came back, and unfortunately had to end up as with a career in biology. I know. a couple- What does of that them. look like? Yeah, so some of them I know work in as teachers. I know mm-hmm. some of them that work in uh, in the scientific community, al ابحاث. But I'm not mm-hmm. sure it's it's at what position. They Bottom are. line,
0: it's opposite 180 degrees. 180 to degrees,
1: and cool. I think the biggest motivator for me to survive was. I left this country with my family thinking and always in the back of their mind that I'm going to be a physician, the first physician in the family. I just couldn't hold myself upright if I didn't finish the journey that's as a physician. That's really amazing. And that's the thing that I feel like set me apart. It's just, mm-hmm. I, I came from just a normal family, no physicians. They had a lot of faith in me. I just couldn't let them down. So I just went through that journey that's from top to bottom. So that's, that's why I hold myself like dearest to my heart. It's just the, actually the grit that came with it. Yeah, yeah. But Here's the thing, so let's get back to prerequisites, it. Yeah. Prerequisites,
0: yeah. So, we said, uh, so,
1: uh, so so, yeah, so, this is a really important point. When yeah. you go to the ministry of MOHE, yeah. I think this was this is still ongoing. They okay. tell you don't go to the yes because of the MCAT, they don't tell you what the MCAT is. You think it's just an eyelids exam. I can tell you right now if you score a nine on the islets, it means nothing. In the English it's section.
0: It's not an English exam, though.
1: There is an English section on
0: it's it. Section, but it's not an English it's exam. Not, it's not. No. It's a science exam. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: a very tough science exam. Yeah, and yeah. I can't reiterate or, like, state it. It's a very, very, very tough exam. Hmm. I guarantee you it will knock you down. Uh, it's it's too tough. It's Worse too
0: tough. than the steps? No. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, steps is, is different. It's different. different yeah, length. yeah. Okay, there's okay, cool. different, like, but as a wager, there's more on stakes
2: True, true. Because, yeah, because, yeah.
1: because here's the thing. the While the U.S. students can take the MCAT multiple times, we as Kuwaiti students don't have that liberty. Ooh. Because you're on a visa, you're on a timeline, basically. Your clock is always ticking.
0: And okay, hold on. MCAT-wise, when do you do it in ba- uh, undergrad?
1: So, so they, it's advised that you take it the year before you apply to med school. So bachelor's degree is usually four years. I finished mine in four years. So I at the end of my third year mm. of, of my bachelor's degree, I took the MCAT
0: what's to stop you from doing it like once a year you can do it it's just
1: they'll see your score every time uh Uh, so yeah so basically so the med school process in the u.s is incredibly competitive so the reason why have they have all of these contingencies is just to make it as competitive as possible because the u.s medical system is very it's it it basically enriches your life in multiple ways one of them you do get financially better Mm. like the lowest salary i've seen for a physician is one hundred ninety thousand wow. us dollars and that's yeah. for pediatrics usually i've seen contracts signed in front of me for 1.5 million dollars a year really yeah cardiology yeah i've seen really 1.5 million dollars i know that sounds like an out of the world number wow. i've seen it being signed in front of me wow. yeah 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 so it's like in a country where everyone 1. 1.5 1. Million. 1. million a year yeah uh, as an attending, as or an as atten- a- oh yeah, well, as an attending. Resident salaries are no way. I thought I th- <laughs> average salary is fifty five to seventy thousand a year. But once you become an attending, it's completely different ball game.
0: So okay, so going in, you had to the MCAT, and then you had to pass get 3. the GPA, what get else? your
1: bachelor's degree, and then comes the other fluff. You had to show leadership. You had to show volunteering. You had to have research. This is this is and
0: wait, I- but this is. Part of the prerequisites that Kuwait sets. No, or Ku- the Kuwait, Kuwait. has
1: no idea what that these things are required. Kuwait thinks it's just like these guys have to pass the MCAT.
0: So that, see, that's the point that I'm kind of confused about. Is that my understanding was Kuwait has an agreement with the American university, and they have these spots held for you with if you pass your with a GPA and an MCAT. There's nothing else. Just the formality. I'm just going to keep it. At no. That. Nothing,
1: nothing that serious. No. I'm pretty sure, even if they show me the papers right now and it's signed, I'm going to tell them what happened to all of the students that managed to meet both criteria, but you denied them the interview. What happened to all of the students who actually got the interview but didn't pass the interview? No. And honestly, imagine doing all of this and then just having an interviewer who's biased against Arabs in general. Because of one person, you can lose your seat.
0: No, because see that's see, that's the thing that I would not my reasoning for not going to the US was and I, I was kinda hesitant about it, but you've changed my perspective now. I always said to myself was I want to go to college and I want to know I'm going to med school. Ah. Uh, you know? Yes. So I thought that with the Quaidie program, at least, okay, if I if I do well on the MCAT and I do well on uh my GPA, then I'd I'd go in. But I didn't realize that there's Oh no,
1: hell no. So so when wow, I went when I went wow. to when I went to my interview. I, had, I was the leader of three organizations. I used to teach chemistry and physics in, in uh, undergrad. I had spoken, published papers in three conferences at the age of like 21. Mm. I had tons of research background. I used to volunteer at three hospitals. I was literally just working maniac all day, every day, on top of m- maintaining my academics. Yeah. I had like a six-page CV, which was like, for a guy who was 22, was phenomenal. Mm. I know that no one else had to go through that. No one else. And I feel so thankful that there were two classes ahead of me because these guys were the bait for for Their demise was wow. the reason why I succeeded.
0: Okay, but is, is this changing? Because this is not fair.
1: Exactly. So it's not fair. And I need to put that under 100 red, like 100 red lines beneath it. Yeah. It's not fair. And I think there was, there was a student in Philadelphia. My brother used to study in Philly, but not medicine. Mm-hmm. He, what He said one of his friends met all of the criteria the kuwait criteria yeah yeah it's that's like the thing it, I,
0: i'm i know that getting into the into med school is extremely tough but what i'm talking about is our government program, absolutely not the standard absolutely yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: absolutely and and just just to be in mind uh, like we we are not as privileged as you think you are i know i'm very thankful that kuwait gave us this opportunity yeah but relative to my american peers my american peers like they they were introduced to the, what the prerequisites of medicine from high school. They know they had an M. Yeah, 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 yeah. So some of them prepared their CVs. I honestly like some of them prepared their CVs like from second year of high school.
0: Again, the re- the big reason why I didn't go to the yeah. U.S. was because I knew of the challenges of getting accepted, you know, just on uh, you know the normal pathway. Yeah. And I said that it would be safer for me to go to the UK to get accepted from Absolutely, day one. absolutely. Okay, okay. So,
1: so uh, l- 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 just to give oh, so you... So, it
0: was a good... Dis- for, I mean, like, in terms of safety, uh, yeah, I was Yeah, so, right. so
1: okay. absolutely. So, for, for my college, which was Wayne State, it's mm. the largest med school in the US. We had, like, oh. for my year, we had 12,000 applicants for 300 seats. Mm. That is a, That is an astonishing number. And every single one of these applicants... Is a very qualified candidate. Right. Like, no one's going to waste their money and apply. It's not a free application. Right. And the U.S., no one's going to support you. So the, yeah. when these guys pay for the application, and it's only U.S. citizens. It's only U.S. citizens. Right. Yeah, international students don't apply to the U.S. Okay. They don't. They're like, I've seen programs say we don't accept international pro- like students upright, wow. up front. Wow. So you're not that privileged. Yes, Kuwait does help you, like. Yeah, hey, we do, we've we talked into this school. Yeah. But it's not like, hey, I've gone and secured a seat. It's so not. there's
0: no seat held. There is no seat this held. This is dispelling they a told, huge myth.
1: They told us, they told us that it may have changed. It may have changed because I well, know, at least from your experience yeah, I did. so, so okay. let's go back to that student from Philadelphia who met, who met everything. Because initially it was like there was a program in Morgantown, West Virginia. So one of the three was Morgantown, West Virginia, Philadelphia, Temple, and then Wayne State University in Detroit, Michigan, which is where I went to. I don't think Morgantown is still open. Right now, what's instead of uh, taking uh, its place, is Virginia Commonwealth, mm. they had an own program. After one student, he went viral on Twitter. I think he was complaining about how he met everything, met the criteria, and he still didn't get the seat. And he was incredibly frustrated. But thanks to his vocality, that he was able to actually put pressure on the people who were responsible for this to actually seek somewhere else that would guarantee students a seat. And thanks to his initiative and all of the people who played a role in this, I know multiple students and I thankfully know, like thanks to their efforts, there are many students who are actually right now in Virginia.
0: Can I, can I, can I highlight something here?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: One thing that I learned in medical school and I feel like this is it's something I learned from my experience, we have more power than we think absolutely and we need to capitalize on i feel like we keep waiting and this applies this is just generally research studying a lot of things we wait for people we wait for guidance absolutely nobody wants to just go and absolutely jump ahead and And you should
1: let me ask you why why do you think that is?
0: well um i don't want to say it's easier because i've seen some hard worker hard hard working people not do that I think it's fear. They're they're worried that something might not be as good. You know what I mean? Like, I remember for research papers that I've done or whatever, uh, I've, I've had people where I went to them and I, I said, you know what? Hey, let's let's go do this. And they said, no, but we don't have a supervisor. I'm like, who cares? Yeah, go for exactly, it. Absolutely. And they think, oh, the quality is not going to be as good. But look, look at what that student did. He went on Twitter. He vo- He was vocal about the injustice. He was vocal about the issues. He laid out his argument. And he helped not himself – Generations absolutely. of people
1: absolutely and I think everyone who got into Virginia because of his initiative should be thankful to that guy
0: There we go see exactly to, so his, to ta- his, grab it grab his life by the hands and, 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 and
1: do it You do have the power to change. I think in Kuwait what happens is we're so used to this culture of like life is easier than what is outside because to be honest with you the biggest thing I've learned from living in Detroit which mm-hmm. is a very low socioeconomic status population mm-hmm. you're going to see all of the like the illnesses that you don't see in a in, a, in an affluent population like wait, mm-hmm. like you see a lot of HIV TB hepatitis mm-hmm. you see all of these diseases What you actually learn is that life is actually very tough for people
0: but what would you say to the to yeah, just to counter that may, a lot of people are not aware of what life is kind of uh, like outside because i'll tell you like for example um most of the people that i was with i went through when i was applying to u.s colleges i went through the normal common app mm-hmm. applying to, to colleges you know mm-hmm. i didn't go through the beth first okay so a lot of people when they had to apply when we were in the uk they had to apply and whatever it was a new experience for them they weren't aware of like college applications outside of the betha program in, in kuwait so what would you say to to that like, do you think that people are unaware of what it's like outside, or do you oh, think yeah, yeah, yeah. they're, well, yeah, yeah, well, one million percent. So they're just unaware. Okay. They're
1: just they're one hundred percent unaware. But I, I think I think one of the, th- the most important aspects that deter people away initially, because we do have a lot of people who come in. Mm. We had like I remember when I was at third year, we had like over eighty students come, between Quady. medicine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. between medicine and pharmacy, we had, I yeah. want to say eighty over two years, like mm. two years, that was a lot of students. You know how many people stayed from these 80 mm. Three. Not because they failed the program or anything. They just came, they realized, what the hell is this infrastructure? Because Kuwait Kuwait has like really nice infrastructure when you compare it to what's going on in Michigan. Yeah. So they're like, yeah. they see the weather, they see the population. They just can't handle it. It's just wow. too massive of a cultural wow. shock. Yeah. And what I'm here to tell you is that this was literally the best part of my experience. You literally learn to assimilate with people who are completely different from you. And what that opens up is just the narrative in your head that, look, there are people who are suffering differently.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they're living differently. Their needs are different than yours. Yeah. Their the way of thinking is different uh, relative to yours. And one thing I'm really proud of in, about the people of in Detroit in general is how much they take care of their, themselves, their city. Because when I went there in 2014 compared to when I left in 2022, about seven months ago, seven to nine months ago, there was a massive difference. I do have photos before and after and mm. you'd be shocked about how much they're, they're investing in the community. Yeah, mm. absolutely. There's still a lot of issues. There's still a lot of issues. But this is what I'm trying to say. In the U.S., why I realize it's a lot of people, especially like college students, they do help one another. They do help their population. They care about the volunteers.
0: And then what do you think of Kuwait?
1: So I think Kuwait, there's a lot of potential. But what ends up is our limitations are, I think they're governmentally set. Mm. I don't think we're not and I, I, I kind of agree with it. We don't need to be doing what they are doing in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Like volunteering is good for you. Like, as a cousin of mine used to say, it helps control your ego. It does.
0: It, uh, it's good for the soul.
1: It's good for the It's good for your ego. So yeah. I'll tell you why. I, I did volunteer with Loyak. I used to work in Elevation Burger. Mm-hmm. That was in
0: 2013. So I graduated. Well, you volunteered in Elevation Burger?
1: Yeah, it's like LOIAC's like sent you to, like, Loyak is literally a charity organization. But, like, see,
0: I got Sorry, but the opposite to what in the U.S., that would just be a normal job, job. that would have yeah, been yeah, yeah. They did, they did yeah. pay you,
1: but I never... Took the money? I don't know. I Mm. never took the money, so they did pay you. So I I was set to like work in elevation burger. It's just like an internship Mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. But here's why I'm saying it's good for the Higa. Because I remember once I saw my friends coming up the escalator, and as soon as I saw them, I just couldn't hold to see myself as an elevation burger worker, and then I ran from the back door. Really? uh, Yeah. Honestly, that's I know it's very disappointing to hear, but that's that's why I'm just. But you check yourself. You check yourself. You check yourself. Yeah this i think the root cause of this is not just self-induced i think it's just like oh my god how do i see myself in this position yeah. as a like as yeah. a society i can't this is like i'm a failure in society mm. when i went to the us i worked for gleaners which is basically me clean cleaning streets i did not care i just saw people around me doing it i saw the joy in people's eyes i saw the difference hand in first like yeah. <laughs> first in sight and i was and then i was like volunteering is good for you being in charge of leadership, actually seeing the change, being part of the change.
0: And these are the things that
1: were required for you to get into med school? Absolutely. And these are the thing, in retrospect, in hindsight, I'll just tell you. These are the things that make you a better doctor. I know I've told you this before. What sets the US apart is not the medical knowledge. Yes, no, there's a selection not the process. At all. Yeah. There's, there is a selection process. Yeah. It's very academic, I agree with you. But compared to people who graduate from elsewhere, we're all equally competent in our medical knowledge. Yeah, we are. Yeah. We are. And I think even in the U.S., there's very strong research that suggests that where you rank in your med school class does not influence your actual patient out. I think state.
0: I've seen similar. So this similar is why most residency course,
1: yeah. programs, they do not filter based on class rank. They yeah. do not really care. Performance is not based on that. Mm-hmm. But I think what sets the U.S. apart is... The other aspects of being a good doctor, which is your empathy, your compassion, your professionalism. I know these are cliche statements that are thrown around that people hate. Professionalism, leadership, interpersonal dynamics. People hate these statements thinking that medicine is just knowledge. It is not. It is way more than that. There's so much more. Exactly. It's being able to recognize the healthcare disparities. It's being able to... Like assess the patient's accessibility to healthcare. Like this is why one of the things I've been facing recently in Kuwait. We get a lot of people who are foreigners here. Yeah. People who are from low low socioeconomic status places. Yeah, yeah. Can't speak the common tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Do not yeah. understand what we're trying to tell them. Mm-hmm. We go tell them, Hey, you need this procedure, A, B, C, you need this medication, A, B, C. The guy is very it's very evident that the guy does not understand what we're telling yeah, him and yeah. he just nods. Yeah. And then we send him off. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, this is not the way it's supposed mm-hmm. to be there is a mm-hmm. definite impact on the health outcome of this population mm-hmm. but again this is another thing that i want to tap into in Ku- in kuwait we don't have the biostats we don't have we're not tracking the population we're not tracking which the is something outcome. that's
0: central i know to um, it's the you know.
1: core fundamental principle of what good medicine should be
2: mm-hmm.
1: How, like what are doctors ordering? when a kuwaiti when a kuwaiti resident comes in relative to when a non-kuwaiti resident comes in
0: how is the difference in health outcome so is this something that you'd say that was impacted like ingrained in you uh, because of your experience in the us
1: they don't teach it to you up front but through constant exposure to this mm. you, when you come back you realize wait this can't be right this guy is it's very evident that this guy did not understand what we t- we told him mm. this is it's very evident that this guy does not have access to this
0: so now okay so in terms of your experience in medical school mm-hmm. Just briefly tell me, what was the structure like? So I can kind of contextualize. Uh, I want to see yeah. how did you pick the, these lessons up?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So again, four years, bachelor's degree, third year, took my MCAT, did my interview a sure. few months later. Sure. Gone to med school around May, mm-hmm. graduated in June, mm-hmm. which is 2018. Mm-hmm. Started med school in August 2018, mm-hmm. four-year program. Mm-hmm. Did my first year. Okay. Yep. Nothing wrong with that? Yep. F- full of academics? No, like a couple of like
0: Pre-clinical. Yeah, pre-clinical. Yeah, yeah okay. Year.
1: Did my second pre-clinical so, uh,
0: year. The preclinical question though, how was the teaching style? Was it lectures? Was it textbooks? Was What was it like? Uh,
1: so it was supposed to be lectures, mm-hmm. but we weren't forced to go. What we were forced to go was mm-hmm. all of the other stuff, like the interpersonal dynamics, the professionalism, the problem-based learning. Because
0: what these... T- mm, see, we had problem-based learning. Did you like it or no?
1: Our problem-based learning was not in the typical sense that we would be given a disease and just like, hey, what do you think this disease is? Our problem-based learning was like, this guy does not have access to insurance. Are you sure you want to order this test? Ah. This guy does not no, speak. See, sp- f-
0: I'll tell you, uh, for us, we would start the week off, and they, they'd, and this is in preclinical, they'd be like, this guy has come in with um, chest pain. Uh, tell us everything. So we had to go cover the biology, the chemistry, the... The anatomy, the ethics, the psychology—all of them, you know. We did have that. Yeah, we did have that. Yeah,
1: I I completely agree. But what they what they actually intertwined with it was some of the ethical issues.
0: Yeah, we had we had classes uh, like uh, we, for all the Manchester viewers out there, CSLC. (laughs) Yeah, that was uh, where we'd get and we'd you know we'd sit there with we had actors come in to simulate things for us. I don't Uh, know if you guys worked with actors or not.
1: We did work with actors, but but I I think our actors were very like. Like they were very related to the case scenario because what Mm. happened is Detroit, Wayne State is surrounded by Henry IV Health Center, which Mm -hmm. is literally one of the biggest institutes in the world for Mm -hmm. health. Mm -hmm. And then we have next to it something called Kermanos Cancer Institute. And the next to it is Detroit Medical Center, and then next to it is the Veterans affair okay, okay. So what you actually see from all of this is the hybrid of every single thing that you need. So we did have we did have like an opioid addict population, mm. uh, like a drug abuse population. Mm. We had veterans, we had people with PTSD. Everything mm. we'd see everything. So that that is why I feel like made the experience incredibly rich. And
0: so, so preclinical, two years of that.
1: Two years of that. And and then you take your assembly. Step one. Step one. So, and that was tell me. Was
0: I wanna, I wanna so highlight that, was, that a little bit because yeah. I tried in the UK uh, while I was doing uh, my preclinical years. I really did my best to also simultaneously study for Step One. Mm-hmm. And so here's uh, dispel this question for me. Like answer this question for me. For me, I found it near impossible, and a lot of people I was with found it near impossible to do the steps during med school and and not because of it was not an issue of the content is too hard or things like that it was just that the curriculum that we had was so different it was impossible to study because it needed a different mind shift in mindset so like certain things we'd be tested on where we're not coming in step and vice versa so you'd end up not you're basically sacrificing your med school exams or the step and then of course everyone's going to sacrifice step
1: I think you hit the nail on the head what well, the yep. us what the us does perfectly is that the, although you do have lectures mm-hmm. they they're constantly reminding you that the big beast at the end of the tunnel is the usmle step one so but
0: is, are your lectures tied would you say no well to, no oh. but here's the thing okay
1: yeah yeah because because it's our lectures are basically given by phds they're not usually mds so what a phd does instead mm. of teaching you ophthalmology he just intertwines his own research with it so you're learning information that's not relevant to usmle step one but what you learn to do is, hey, I'm going to open up the ophthalmology section in first aid or like any of the mm-hmm. uh, other resources. And you're constantly doing you all. This is what I'm trying to say. The U.S. has a lot of extra fluff instead of you having.
0: But do you think the med school warns you well about it?
1: Yes. Yes. Because it's not the med school. The whole system is based on USMLE step one. Because mm-hmm. what the USMLE is literally the most important access card to any residency program that you want to match into. Yeah, of course. Your score is very is detrimental to where you'll end up in, yeah, life, yeah, yeah, yeah. in life. And I'm not going to say just as a residency, in life. Mm. So, your score, your score in one exam will determine everything. And just keeping that in the back of your mind just makes you prime to always be like preparing. Yeah. But let's, let's stick to the actual uh, formal aspects yeah, of yeah. it is that at the end of the second year, you're supposed to take your least step one, and your school only gives you six weeks. Okay. And but
0: what do you mean by give you as in like, do you have time off? You have lectures for the stuff? Uh, what do you mean?
1: So here, here's, here's what happened. So I was studying for my six weeks and then COVID hit. This was in 2020, which was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> the worst thing that could have happened to me. And Kuwait was like, Kuwait couldn't pull me out because yeah. like, you're a med student. You're a first line worker still. They needed you. So <laughs> studying, volunteering, being in the hospital, for the assembly step one, mm-hmm. most important exam in my life, had it delayed at least five times, even though I was ready. Because like five step, times, five times, because Prometric was always closed because of the uh, pandemic.
0: Okay, well, th- this kind of ma- this gives me faith every time I postpone my exam. Oh okay, yeah, continue.
1: yeah. I, I look. This is gonna be my advice for everyone, who's, whether you're doing assembly step one, assembly step two, the Canadian. Do not postpone. Do not. It there's I, I highly doubt there's any actual research that unless you're very unprepared. If you're like eighty percent, like ninety percent, just take it, dude. Get it over okay,
0: with. Okay, but uh, let me challenge one thing. Challenge here. it. Go for it. My so my the piece of advice that I've continued for my exams has been: do not book until you are ready. People have told me, but then I've also heard the opposite opinion, which is: book, and then just be ready for that booking date. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I don't uh, personally. I'm more for the first. I'll, most people I'm with are more for the second. What do you think?
1: I think. I, I'm definitely more for the, for the one where you actually pick a date, stick to it. Just oh wait, really absolutely i okay. think there's two aspects to it one of them is a mental aspect mm-hmm. where hey at the back of your mind subconscious level you have flexibility to always postpone this. but i thought you
0: if you postpone it's within a three-month period so you can't exactly postpone like oh yeah like
1: no or... no but, but here's here's uh, here's what happened i mm-hmm. because of covid they did extend our eligibility ah, okay, okay, so i know like they give you six months they extended it for another three months for all of okay. us because the testing centers were closed yeah it's not in can, your hand. yeah it's not, it's not it's yeah, what can issue. you do but the good thing about giving people this six weeks is when you actually set a schedule, you are forced. It's mm-hmm. like a forced function th- where you have to stick to it. Mm-hmm. There's no chance you can work around that. Because mm-hmm. if you miss a day, that's it. There's no going back from that.
0: But when the the medical school gives you that six weeks, yeah. do you have zero? There's no flexibility. You start third year. You but I mean, just, uh, just... in those six weeks, what is it? Is it a vacation? Is it you have lectures? What is it?
1: No, no, no. Yeah, uh, you have you have like I think like uh, an online. On like a couple of ethics and professionalism sessions online, which is required from by the board, the state U.S. Mm-hmm, board, mm-hmm. To, for the school to maintain accreditation. Sure. You all, you all, the students always have to be that bombarded t- by ethics so professionalism, regardless of what. Okay. But aside from that, we had no classes for yeah. six weeks. Okay. But everyone was studying all day, all night, because this mm-hmm. exam was literally the beast the that he's gonna yeah, have yeah. to fight. So six weeks, no running around. Canvas a day 12 hours a day studying gotta find a way to balance gym any other thing that's going to keep you happy and then you take the exam yeah and you don't look back whatever score you get you get
0: yeah so that's my next question okay you do horribly what happens Ah
1: uh, basically if you're not a Kuwaiti student life shuts down and I'm, I'm, I know that sounds scary but that's the truth I know people who, was, who were conditioned had everything going on for them and this is why I feel like the USMLE step one specifically was very unfair, and this is why it went to pass fail. Yeah. This exam does not predict your performance as a doctor. No, because it's... It's it's literally the... Crab hist- cycle. Crab cycle. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Yeah. There's a lot of important information. Yeah. There was a very... S- up to this day, I use a lot of the information as a foundation. yeah, yeah. yeah. As a foundation to yeah, my yeah, knowledge. Yeah. The sheer volume of unnecessary material that I had to learn, that I do not use right now, is just... Baffling, honestly. So it's a very good thing that they m- m- made, made it, it pass yeah. it's, fail. It's li- and it was the, literally the number one ranked, uh, let's not risk factor, but impact factor. Yeah, yeah. For residency programs giving you an interview, which was your score. Let's say you want to be an orthopedic surgeon or a dermatologist. If you score less than a 240, which is like the 70th percentile amongst the top tier medical students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't get into med school in the U.S. just by being that. Yeah.
0: And let's but then okay what happens to some so like this is this is a bit unfair so let's say someone doesn't do well on step 1 right yeah they're in medical school they're going to graduate as a licensed physician yeah what what then Th- that's it their life ended
1: <laughs> it's not that their life ended their options are limited so, so uh, what are, what would their
0: options be yeah
1: so basically let's and, say they even failed and you, let's say yeah, they yeah, failed and you guys can check this out through on the NRMP which is the yeah. national residency match Something I don't know what that is, but it literally lists all of these statistics for like students. So, let's say you want to be a dermatologist, mm-hmm. which is my ambition basically. Uh, you want to get you have to get like a 250, which is like the I want to say 90th percentile on the exam, very high, <laughs> insane. Yeah, you score a 210. No way. So, the pass for USMLE Step 1 is a 196. Let's say you fail. Yep. Basically, you, ha- you if you fail, you can't keep going because one of the parts of getting a third year license, which is a license to go into a hospital, is to pass the USMLE.
2: Right. So but
1: can you, you do the exam again? Yeah, you repeat fail? it, but they'll pull you out of medical. You'll be like a bit delayed and it's a hassle. Okay. And if you fail again, you'll be no dismissed. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So sure, you. So you, you pass. Har- let's say you hardly pass. Two hundred. Two hundred. So okay.
1: basically, your options are limited to almost family medicine, internal medicine, and pediatrics. Cool. Fine. That's it.
0: That's fine. Let's say you now, keep going. Yeah. So yeah. now,
1: when you apply to residency,
0: yeah,
1: you think the top fifty percent, top fifty family medicine programs pediatrician can nope, to give but you. But will a you view? end up somewhere? You question. will end up somewhere. But you here's will. the thing. Uh, I mean, like the match match rates for like pediatricians are very high. It's like ninety. Yeah. So
0: that, that's that's what I'm wondering is. Okay, fine. Your your options are more limited. So like I'm thinking like in high like in high school. Imagine I pass. In high school, I don't have the best GPA. I'm not gonna get into Harvard. Yeah. But you know what? I still can end up in a in a school somewhere. Is it the same?
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it is exactly. But here's the here's the tough part. Let's say you have a wife at Michigan. Your mm-hmm. family is in Michigan. Yeah. All of a sudden you mash you sorry, you match in Philadelphia in let's say one of the suburbs. Yeah. Where no one lives. No you need one to one now upend there. your life and go. You to literally place. have to move there yeah. with your whole okay. family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people just cannot like cannot bear to do that. It's yeah, like literally course. asking a Kuwaiti student right now to go and I'm really sorry for about what's going on to Turkey and Syria and just moving to Syria right now in yeah. the current condition, yeah. being from Kuwait. It's something It's tough a to complete handle. flip. Exactly. And mm. something that's you cannot control. Because mm. so the way the way the match system works, it's there's an it's actually based on a Nobel Prize winning algorithm. You, you know that? The way the match process. What? Yeah, yeah. It's based on the two thousand and eight Economics Nobel Prize. Yeah. So the way the match system works is you rank all of the hospitals that gave you an interview and the hospital. Wait,
0: talk about just before because not everyone knows what the rank is.
1: Oh, so yeah. So basically. The total, match, sorry. Not so the, yeah, yeah. yeah so l- l- let me just, uh, I think I keep going back and forth on this. Let me just set it out straight. So you finish first year, you finish second year, you finish your preclinical years, you take USMLE step one. Yes. You pass that, you get your license to practice in a hospital. You become, you, you, you start your clinical years. hmm so you, ha- you finish your third clinical year, then you take your step two, and then you apply to residency. So what sets the U.S. apart from every other place is as soon as you graduate into medical school, you start a board, yep. or a yeah. residency program. Canada is the same way. Canada North America in general. North America, Okay. Yeah. So in third year, once you're done with third year, you're literally preparing your application to residency. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you set up your portfolio and everything on on, 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 on ERAS, which ERAS, is the yeah. ERAS. Yeah. You submit your application, mm-hmm. you apply to all of the programs you want. Within the specialty you want, you can select multiple specialties. The programs look at your application, and then they l- through the, like, the hundreds of people. So let's say you want to do dermatology. There's mm-hmm. This program has only three seats with up to 700 people applying. Mm-hmm. So you, they filter all of these. The first filter is usually electronic based on your assembly Step 1 score. So not anymore, but ex- yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, not because anymore. it's pass-fail now. But, but let's, say, let's say this program only picks people who scored 250, which is the 90th percentile. Yeah. You're basically out from the start. Out from the start. you filtered by 97% of programs mm-hmm. that you applied to. And to apply to each program is like 50 bucks.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I applied for like, I paid $4,000. Imagine $4,000 for a 100 schools to get 15 interviews. Well, you know,
0: one thing that they warned British students... Uh, if they ever want to go to the US yeah. for practice, whatever, they're like, hey, get ready to pay, you know, you're going to get the money later yep. on. But to the greedy capitalists, <laughs> the greedy
1: capitalists, that's literally what the US is. It's literally <laughs> the greedy capitalists. <laughs> so you have to pay a lot of money. You have to save a lot of money. And mm. I'm so sorry. And I'm very fortunate to have parents who are willing to support me because cause the government. So, so again, this was a mass flood down by the Kuwaiti government. They had no way they planned any of this. They did not understand the financial demands that the U.S. medical system imposed. I paid for USMLE Step 1. I paid for USMLE Step 2. I paid for First Aid, Pathoma, sketchy, all of the necessary resources and UWorld. I had to pay out of pocket. Yeah,
0: UWorld is extremely expensive. All of them are extremely yeah, yeah.
1: expensive they didn't pay a dime back I know right now they say if you send us the receipts and stuff like that they will we will refund you back back in my time no one cared
0: well I think what this is indicative of uh, at least my impression is just the the um, maturity of the relationship so like like I said when I wanted to go comparing between US UK the thing that everyone told me was UK is well established you know what you're gonna get absolutely the US coin toss And this confirms exactly what happened. Absolutely. And I was,
1: unfortunately, I was the guinea pig of the group. I I was Mm. the first one, uh, like, I was the second person actually
0: to go into Mm. med school. So now going back to your clinical years, you go straight in. What is clinical years like for you as a med Uh, student?
1: Yes, here comes the real thing. (laughs) So this is where it gets crazy. Mm. So you do have rotations in the middle of a pandemic, but let's exclude the pandemic from it. It's literally you have to impress people who are very tough to impress especially if you're different from them Mm. and the good part about my personality is i can assimilate very well but a lot of my kuwaiti colleagues cannot it's it's fair i i I was was it's a a culture shock exactly i was in the british system so from very early on i interacted with a lot of different people i'll be honest i knew how to kiss ass and i'm and i'm it's a skill i'm very thankful (laughs) for I, you literally have to be like that because if one person doesn't like you He can again destroy your residency chances because mm. he can just fail your evaluation very quickly mm. He can write a very mean comment that everyone can see you have no right to provoke mm. or like revoke basically and that can set you like for failure. So you had like four months of, uh, three months of internal medicine, three mm-hmm. months of surgery, you had a month of obstetrics, a month of pediatrics, a so month of neurology, a month of psychiatry, like. yeah. and a month of pediatrics, which is basically the intern here in Kuwait. Sure. I've done a lot of that abroad. So this is why it's, I feel like Again in Kuwait, part two. Yeah, yeah again Kuwait. We should not have be doing training mm. I've I've done all of this. But well, I
0: mean, this is the um, found out like this is the more model to the British system.
1: Yes, this is what they do. Yes, and look, I'm not I'm not trying I'm not trying to say Kuwait is bad. Kuwait didn't know any better. Yeah, this is my point. Kuwait doesn't know any better. Mm. But what I want Kuwait to take from this is that, look, I'm a learning experience. You should have learned from me. Mm. And they are slowly learning, but it's not up to track. And I know there's a lot of hurdles that I don't know about, but I th- again it's about being vocal. I think the U.S. is the place to study medicine.
0: Okay, so th- cool. So now this is this takes us to a different part of this talk. Tell me. We've talked about how you wanted to get in. Yes. Okay, your thought process. We talked about the grueling side of medical school and uh, and whatnot. Now I want to look back.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How was the experience? Is it something that you think? I regret it, don't regret it. What do you think? Honestly, if I could go back right now, I would go back. That's that's how really? much,
1: that's how much I, I, I loved my
0: experience. Okay, but you, you just talked a lot about how difficult and tough yes. and grueling yes. and
1: grinding. Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because mm. I've had countless parents talk to me. Hey, I want to send my kid to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Initially, I was like, yes, send them. And then their kid fails. And you know who gets the blame? <laughs> this guy. Really? Yeah, this guy. You sent my really? son to the US. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Absolutely. Okay. So what okay.
1: my approach has been recently is that if anyone asks me, I'm like, dude, your son can't do it. My son scored an eight on the Islets. I am like, dude, if he scored a nine, he will not be able to pass the cars section on the MCAT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you don't believe me, go try a couple of cars passages on the AMC website. Mm. It's a different beast.
0: Okay, but fine. Let's say tough, tough, tough. Why is it still amazing?
1: Because literally the US is the top place in the world ranked. For you to learn medicine look medicine in the us is not just about hey this is the symptoms this is the diagnosis mm-hmm. it's much more than that it's the ground it's literally the they are the pioneers of research they are the pioneers of medical innovation they are the pioneers of of setting guidelines of very good healthcare, and they're the pioneers of problem solving and i'll elaborate on all of that when in the us when you see a problem when you see a challenge in, ahead of you the whole healthcare system is programmed to actually fix this problem. Mm. So as I said in Kuwait, when I when I had this person who came in who couldn't speak our language and we just gave him whatever medication and like follow it, this is not how it works in the system. And there's multiple checks and balances in this. There's an electronic checks and balance. There's a, a like a peer-to-peer checks and balance. There's a the ethics department. There's a biostats department. And through interaction with all of this, it's very subtle, you don't feel it. Mm. But as an experience, as a whole, you, when you like you move away from it, you're like, wait, these all of these checks and balances actually played a role. They made mm-hmm. me a better doctor, and so when you go back, even the subtle things, the structure of the medical program, the structure of the medical training, being around all of these people of different, like, uh, like very tough to impress people, mm-hmm. like er, even everyone is different, having such a wide variety of things that you have to consider in yourself. Makes you a better doctor. I don't know how to explain it better than that. It's just, it's not like, hey, you have an exam, finish it, and then, yeah, you pass the year, congratulations.
0: No. But let me let me challenge this for a second. here. Challenge it as
1: much as you want. I, uh,
0: like, uh, I always ask this question on the podcast because this is the thing that really got my, this is one of the big reasons that I started this podcast. You have a little cousin who wants to, who just graduated from high school, and they want to be a doctor. Yes. They want to go off and they uh, want to be a doctor. A lot of what you described in the U.S. for me sounds a lot like I can't speak about my the experience here in Kuwait because I didn't study here, but it sounds like it sounded, sounds similar to my experience in Manchester, you know, in terms of the preclinical years, the clinical years, what is expected of you, et cetera, et cetera. The only differentiating thing I'd say between the U.S. and the U.K. is that there's no nationwide examinations, the USMLE, that set you up for for your specialty program right from the start. Correct. Right so what i'm wondering is i'm your cousin i want to go be a doctor why should i go to the to the us where i'm not guaranteed a seat and if at any point in the the career you know i you know i don't i don't i I don't pass like let's say i end up with just a bachelor's degree i'm ending up in a totally different career uh, path that is 180 it's not even close you know what i mean so what what would you say to me so it depends on you as a person Mm. that's exactly what I'm
1: gonna say okay look in Kuwait it's very easy to settle into the idea that I'm guaranteed a job as a physician cool that's exactly what any country aside from the US will offer you but when you get a degree from the US you're literally guaranteed a job anywhere in the world and I know that doesn't sound so convincing and it shouldn't Mm. it's just that in Kuwait what we have going on right now is again Kuwait is not a meritocracy I know I've told you that before we've talked about this Anyone can get a degree from anywhere and get hired in whatever sector they want, mm-hmm. and so for a lot of Kuwaiti students, and I think that's a very genuine thought process: is that yes, go go out, go anywhere away from the U.S. But there are a few of you guys, and I know you guys that are in high school right now who really want to be the very best, who really want to b- extract the very most, uh, the most out of your potential. You should go to the U.S.
0: So you'd say that your experience in the U.S. maximizes your
1: potential. Absolutely. So so that. But it's a, a risk. It's a massive risk, massive, massive reward. Risk. Massive risk, massive reward. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I hope this is a very apparent from my discussion. The U.S. is not for everyone. It's for those who are up for the challenge. It's for those who want a Navy SEAL kind of medical training. It really is. It really is.
0: You know, the thing that, that, that kind of brings to mind for me is that you need to have, you also need to be happy with where you would also land otherwise. Because I know a lot of people that told me that if it's not medicine, I do not want, for example, there's no way I can go in, in another career path. You know what I mean? I feel I like if you're you not mean, ready to give, uh, g- give that up, you, I, you ha- I know I know what you
1: mean, but I kind of like, I'm a polar opposite, because I am one of those guys. I, it's either, it was medicine or nothing? It was either medicine or suicide. And <laughs> I, yeah, no, nah, I mean, not not that. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I had to go, I was gung-ho. There was no plan yeah. B, there was no nothing. So one my, my, my message is towards those who are in high school too. Yeah. If you are the type of guy who really wants the challenge, but it comes with a massive reward, yeah. and the reward is if if your measure of success is money, if your measure of success is what well, the way uh, the prestige, you do get a lot of prestige from being a U.S. graduate. But like you know, it's just like, hey, am I gonna be famous? How do people look at me and stuff like that? The U.S. Mm-hmm. is not for you. But if it's like self, it's like a self-gratifying journey. Mm-hmm. If it's, it's maturity based, mm-hmm. then the U.S. is for you this is the target population of the US, and this is what they select for. Mm. What sets the US apart is, as I said, what was the average
0: age of med students in my class? 26, mm. 26. Well, actually, I, I want to t- touch up on that. That's one thing I actually really like. Um, I found, at least for me, my opinion, going through medical school, I think I really came in and really honed my craft in, a, in was it third year? Yeah, that was when I really honed in my craft. like i i feel like the jumping straight out of high school to med school is i i don't think it's ideal personally i like having that room to develop how to learn because then you maximize where it counts medical school
1: (laughs) honestly wise words from a wise man completely true so medical knowledge in general you we can only begin to learn medicine at the age of 18. it's 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 not about that
0: i remember uh, uh, someone told me this i forgot who medicine is not the content isn't difficult, but it's like trying to sip a glass of water from a fire hydrant exactly, that's,
1: open. that's Exactly. That's <laughs> exactly it. Drinking from a fire hose, basically. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely it. So also, I think getting to understand the other aspects of medicine, out, aside from the medical knowledge, mm-hmm. the other parts of it, mm-hmm. requires a sense of maturity. And that sense yes. of maturity comes with a challenge. That challenge in the, in the times. Challenge of time, It's exactly.
0: impossible to expect an 18-year-old to appreciate it compared to like appreciate a 24-year-old. That's the word yeah. I'm
1: looking for, to appreciate what yeah. you're being taught. Medicine yeah. is not just about the knowledge. It's oh. honestly it's honestly a way of life. I'm, I'm, I know people don't like it when I put it like that. Counts, sounds well, it sounds very cliche. Is. It is. It's a way of life. It's not just about your medical knowledge. It's the way about you hold yourself, you hold people around you.
2: Mm.
1: So giving yourself enough time to brew, that medical, to, to brew your brain into something that's able to hold that capacity mm-hmm. Or the density of such material requires someone to go through a bachelor degree, to be challenged, to have some contingencies that before you get, it's like, hey, you deserve to go through this. Mm -hmm. Going out of high school, you're very naive. You don't appreciate what you have. You really don't. You don't, and you shouldn't
0: be expected to. Either. absolutely it's not fair
1: absolutely and again i know my knowledge of what i'm saying right now when most people listen to this in kuwait and i think that's a very fair they're like dude why would i pull myself through this yeah. close it and i think that's completely fair that's completely right kuwait is not a meritocracy it will never will be but for those of you who really want to be the best Persian best
0: versions of themselves go to the u.s but you know one thing that i i do like in in, in what you're saying is also the fact that you're not glorifying medicine. And I think this is one thing that I, I want people to really take away is that I love being a doctor. I love being in medicine. Yes. But you know, there are other fields that are that need attention, you know? Oh, yeah. sometimes if you, because I've seen people who maybe not succeeded through medical school and they're, they're like, oh, I'm a failure. No, not at all. Oh, hell no. Absolutely, no absolutely, not. absolutely not. Absolutely not. You have so many options, so many options. There's a lot of things to do which are equally as amazing. And what I appreciate is just that maybe you don't get into med school in the U.S., you still are a a strong, you know, you still have potential, you still have things to do.
1: Exactly. Again, it's all relative. It all depends on how how much you're willing to risk it, how much you're willing to work on yourself. The people who came back, Mm -hmm. some of them have began establishing stuff that are way better than what I have going on right now. Mm Think about it. I'm back here during a training year, and then I'm gonna go do residency. A mm-hmm. lot of these guys have established a lot of successful. I know a guy who's who's written his own book, started his own mm-hmm. podcast, uh, sharing the world. Uh, sh- like he's currently like an affiliate with the WHO, so wow. it's like. He's really worked on himself. It's not the end all be. Wait, all. doctor, or you
0: mean? Uh, no, no, no.
1: He he didn't complete the program.
0: There we go. See that? Th- amazing. Look, look amazing.
1: At, look the idea. We're not all meant to be doctors. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my guys, a lot of the people who went there and began to like study biology, they just like the biology. They didn't yeah. want to do medicine.
0: It's, and not it's and completely fine. Not everybody's meant to be a doctor, and being a doctor doesn't make you better than anybody else.
1: I mean, I couldn't have stated it any better (laughs) than that. And I wish that thing, look, I know you and I were kind of a bit mature for our age. But when we're talking to 17, 18-year-olds, one Mm -hmm. thing we need to keep in mind, like, look, your parents will love you. Your family members do not care if you do not become a doctor. I know to you that's a measure of success and failure. This is not how it should be. Yes. This Absolutely. is not how it should be. Do not measure your success and your failure based on where you are in your life. We all yeah. have different journeys. We all have different paths. The most important thing is that you appreciate the moment that you're in and you try to maximize it. You, put, you have to put yourself through adversity. I know in Arabic we have a, we have a saying, a very famous saying it is mm. which basically means that value you extract is basically mm. on the, the amount of adversity that you go through. A it's challenge
0: so true.
1: A challenge is really important for you as a person.
0: I remember my dad, you know, when I used to be in the UK, uh, God rest his soul, when I used to complain about how difficult it was there and how it was tough. And I still remember he would sometimes just tell me, why do you think I sent you there? You need to go suffer. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Honestly, honestly you need to go and, and and really grind and maybe you'll fail but this is how you become forget a better doctor forget a better student you're going to be a human being absolutely a better human being
1: and let me ask you when you look at your when you compare yourself to your peers who didn't have the experience of being abroad mm. your 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 views on life your breadth of coverage in terms of vision mm-hmm. i'm not talking physically but i'm talking about your ability to see things that other people cannot how would you say you've sensed that difference b- relative to people who have stayed here their whole life?
0: So I think definitely inherent to just not even, let's, let's forget about going for university. Just traveling in itself is a eye-opening experience. Some of the most uh, impactful moments of my life was when I, w- I went to Nepal for a service trip. Okay. I did some volunteering there. So I think travel in itself is something that gives you a maturity and a global view. Okay, but, but tell me, what, what, how, how would you
1: materialize the maturity? Like, what does it feel like for the person who doesn't know? Like, I know I, we can mm-hmm. all say it's an eye-opening
0: experience, but what does that even I'll mean? I'll tell you what it is, for, in my opinion. Yes. For me, it's you lose the idea of I am right. Ah. Uh, well, I am not necessarily right. Correct. People have different opinions that could be. I mean, and it goes so extreme, you know, because that's the thing. You challenge all of your notions and all of your beliefs, I think, when you when you engage in another culture, you know. Now, the bigger question, do I think it's meant for everybody? Do I think you're a worse person for saying? I don't think so. Yes. And I don't think it's necessarily for everybody. But I'm just saying, for me, it was riching enriching experience. Enriching. That's, yeah. It was enriching, it's, it's it de- definitely good. was. And it was not an experience that I'll tell you, like for me going abroad, it was not an experience of someone who was happy all the time and wanted to stay there. Yeah. In fact, my issue was that I always, because I grew up in, you know, uh, like in a, going to an American high school, whatever, I always thought I should have ended up in the US. But see how the world works, that it brings us to this point where I'm, we're chatting and I'm realizing, Wow, if I, the decision I made at the time was a tough decision, but it was, if I want to be a doctor, it's going to the UK. And that's the only way to (laughs) secure it as well as I could leaving quit. I don't think I would have secured it now from, based off what we've discussed. I don't think I would have guaranteed it. Oh, yeah.
1: And trust me, I've had to be, go on a low dose SSRI for seasonal affect disorder because there's no sum there. There's a lot of things you don't put into perspective. Yeah. But you'd be surprised by how much you're up for the challenge once you dedicate yourself. Oh, for
0: sure. I remember, you know, there was a lot of challenges that came up in the UK that I didn't think I could ever meet. But then once I actually threw myself at it, I did. And I'm oh, yeah. grateful for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I'm also and I'm w- aware of one thing. This is going to happen again. And I'm certain I'm going to fail. Absolutely. Not, not succeed. i I'm certain I'm gonna fail in the future, but that's that's required. Absolutely.
1: And look, we're not here to glor- glorify the grind culture. I'm no, completely against yeah, grind yeah, culture. Yeah. I'm, I'm one who like promotes balance as much as of possible. Of course, of course. But there's some element to being in pain and adversity that's just like once you get through it, it's just so rewarding. Yeah. And I'm, when I say rewarding, it's just not a feeling. It's just this. You feel a level of maturity and just like a tranquility that's within yourself that no matter how many times you're going to go through adversity, mm-hmm. you've been through so many before. It's like nothing new to me.
0: I think this is more than anything, it's motivation for people who are going through a tough time and they want to know what, what it's like to go through it. Oh, yeah. And it's I don't mean go seek out difficult things in your life, yeah. but if you're going through something, regardless of what it is, getting through it is going to be amazing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's going to be amazing, not in the sense like, oh, I did this. No, no. Yeah. It's, it just kind of comes with these, f- like, like, subtle fruits mm. that you realize, yeah, I, c- I can do stuff that I didn't think I can do before.
0: Now, yeah, on a similar note and more on the medical side, one thing that I'm, I'm currently studying for my step exams, yeah. you know, uh, and that's very tough, I have to say, because it's mm-hmm. multiple exams. And then also I do want to study for my Canadian exam as well. Uh, I want to, you know, I want to do all these exams. So from your experience, I know it's a very grueling process, what would you advise for fellow Kuwaiti Arab IMGs about applying to the US when you, because you have your STEP exams, you have your CV ready to apply for the match? Yes. We're building it right now. What do you think? So, again, they care about, so
1: there's a, on the NRMP itself, there's actually an impact factor list, mm-hmm. which is what they care about the most. Mm-hmm. A lot of it does not apply to IMGs. Basically, like your ranking in med school yep. and your letters of recommendation, but yep. like uh, if you don't have US medical doctors who are writing it for you. Uh, most important thing is your USMLE step two score, and that's a numerical score. Mm-hmm. Step one is pass fail. Right now it's a 97% pass rate mm-hmm. for USMDs. I'm not sure about IMGs. Mm-hmm. In the past, it was like 90% or wow. like 80 something, wow. yeah. So right now it's very easy to pass step one, but USMD step two is literally the core of it all.
0: So put all all your energy in that step two. Yes,
1: and please be reasonable. There's a reason why USMDs get dips on everything. Mm -hmm. You wanna be a neurosurgeon? It's very unlikely that you're going to match in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Very, very unlikely.
0: Please. That's a, that's, that's a good tip, yes. to be honest.
1: It's, it's always good to know what you're up against. Mm-hmm. It's always important to realize what is within the bounds of reality versus what is not.
0: Just to not waste your
1: time. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. Because ERAS is expensive. Yeah. And it's time consuming. You may not even get an interview. Honestly, you yeah. can apply to all 170 programs, which is going to cost you about $7,000 <sighs> and not end up with a single Jeez. interview. Yeah. there are certain filters that every program uses. One of them is in the U.S., the program has to pay for your visa. The program has to pay. And a lot of programs do not have the budget to pay for your visa. They have other priorities. So that's
0: already, it's not about you, it's about your background. Exactly. So on
1: ERAS, you're going to select, I need a visa. (laughs) And once the program, they can filter electronically. They're going to filter first things first. U.S. IMG versus USMD versus IMG versus a U.S. Mm deal, which is the four options. If you select IMG, you're not a U.S. citizen and you graduated from outside the U.S., You're gonna select IMG. Mm. You're gonna immediately be filtered by more than 100, 150 programs. So basically, you wasted $5,000, basically. Mm. And then the second part is, do I have a competitive step score? Mm. And for you as an IMG, you have to set yourself apart. If I got, like, let's say, a 240 on step Mm -hmm. two, which is, I think the average neurosurgeon score is like a Mm 250-something, you need to get a 260, which is like literally way, way more competitive than a 240 score. But this is what I'm trying to say, as an IMG, you have to be within the realms of reality. Kuwait does help you. I don't know exactly how, but no. if you're going through the process independently, and I think even through the US, you're limited to a few specialties. Yeah, yeah. You are limited to a few. So make sure you always look at the NRMP data. Mm-hmm. They have data for all IMGs. As a Kuwaiti, you do have certain ex- exceptions, but you have to follow up through chems about mm-hmm. what they offer and yeah. what they don't offer. I don't know from the top of my mind right now. Mm-hmm. And once you get your interviews, that's when the real work actually starts. Because once you get an interview, you have like one foot in the door. Right. So make sure you try to maximize on that. It takes a lot of good communication. Mm-hmm. They look at the way you hold yourself, what I'm saying about your your fluency, your coherency, your vocabulary. I heard range.
0: it, they, they care about if you, they think you're just gonna be a good fit in the team. It, it's absolutely.
1: personality, absolutely, they yeah. want to look at you. They want to look at. They want to work
0: with you. Exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah, they yeah. Imagine
1: they're gonna have to teach you for five, six years. They need to know that you're dependent on. They need yeah. to know that when they put you in a page in a room with a the patient, they trust you there. Yeah. And one of them is again, they look at the subtle things. How do you hold yourself in an interview? Yeah. Is your tie well put? Is your suit clean? Is your background lighting good enough? Mm-hmm. They care about every single thing. Yeah. And again, the way you talk. This is very important in the U.S. They look at the coherency of your words because you cannot be talking, com- communicating with patients if, if your language is not there. They care about your communication. So that's something case. to bear in mind. Oh, when yeah. You make so sure your you, English is. Uh, once you know. once you get your interview, that's it. They don't care about your CV anymore. Mm. Now they're going to give you a score based on your. They care about interview. you. Exactly. Thank mm. you. They care about you. There are a lot of people who had, like, yes, their scores were competitive, but they're not com- competitive relative to their peers. Mm. But your peer is a weirdo and they can sense that he is a weirdo. He does not fit in the team, mm. they're not going to pick him. Yeah. No one's gonna want to deal with that for a five-year residency if you're doing, true, let's say, true, general true. surgery. No one wants to work with a surgeon who cannot mm. communicate. That's a nightmare. But let's say they meet someone who they like. Interests are his hobbies align with that of the team. Mm. His, like, he likes to hike, which is you know,
0: you know, what's a better way to describe it? Yeah, frame shift. It's a job interview. It is not a job interview. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we don't think residency interviews are job interviews. No, they're job interviews. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> you, and just so that people yeah, it's know. It's not like a, a university interview.
1: And just so that people know. Job. Dentists in the U.S., when Kuwait sends dentists to this, because they do send. Yeah. The Kuwait is paying for your education as a resident. Yeah. In the U.S., that's not how it works. Wait, residency so, uh, is a job.
0: But residency in the U.S., yes. uh, if you go with Kuwait, yes. do they pay for you? or uh, is it? They
1: have to. They have to pay. But um, right. what I'm saying is... Residency in general, yeah, for dentistry, yeah, people have to pay for their education, yeah. even even US mm. people. You're paying for denti- sc- dentistry school, and then you're paying for your residency education. Right. Okay. In the US, no. Medical residency is a job. You're getting paid. Yeah, You're right. getting paid. It's not that good of a pay, but you're still getting you're paid still for pay it. Pay. You're not paying for an education. Mm. You're, you're, it's a job interview. That's why they need someone who they can trust with the job, mm. and they need someone who's very stable. This is very important, because, if a program loses you, they have four doctors who are like, let's say in, in a general surgery program, they have five doctors. Mm-hmm. If they lose one, the other four are going to be in Pick one hell of a night. Yeah. yeah. Imagine having cold, which is every fourth day on surgery. Mm-hmm. There's like two residents covering day, two residents yeah. covering And then one of you leaves. Do you know how much of a hassle that is for yeah. everyone? Mm-hmm. It's a nightmare for everyone. So this is the thing they need people who are stable and i think as an img you have to prove that you are up for the challenge you're not going to let them down and a lot of because stuff
0: more is demanded of you than the us to be honest because you're coming to a new country and you everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. oh yeah
1: absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah. they need to know that a lot of stuff that you have are in check that you're not going to let them down mm. because if you let them down they're all going to suffer yeah, yeah they're all going to su- and there, there there are penalties for like like leaving the match, there are harsh penalties on it. Mm. And you do sign contracts and they are binding binding commitments. Mm. So there is not like, oh, I matched into this program, I don't like it, hey, I'm gonna pull out. Yeah, Goodbye, that's not how it works. Okay. There are severe penalties. You're gonna hurt everyone by doing that. Yeah. So make sure before you apply to the US for residency, you know what you what specialty you want, you've studied all of the options, the pathways that are available before you commit to something. Because once you commit, there is no going back.
0: Well, the, well the, again, this is what we said, the good thing about you have to be older. Is that you're more set yes exactly which is a great exactly thing. which is a really great thing mm. so i know i know you do have
1: you do miss on time when it gets to doing med school relative to your peers i know you started med school at the age of 18. Mm-hmm. So this was like a seven-year program the u.s is an eight-year program you start at the age of 22 but where it pays off is that you do start residency hell of a lot sooner yeah true. so so you do make up for lost yeah, time you, you do make up for lost time and in general i think most people in, in kuwait can't actually end up in residency in the U.S., but depends on whether they're sensible and they're willing to do the U.S. And at least.
0: Well, you know, that's that's a whole different... Because I think, f- at least for what I got from this talk, deciding about what it, whether to go to the U.S. for med school is totally different than the decision for residency.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And again, it all depends on you as a person. What do you want? And it's all fair game. And it's all depends on how much you want it. And there's mm-hmm. no shame in doing choosing any career path. And uh, just if you my message is usually to high schoolers i do not focus on other parts of the population i really Mm -hmm. it's not my interest is for those in high school do not do not close your eyes on the us i know i know it's tough but it's incredibly rewarding i can't tell you how rewarding it is i can't describe it you should just talk to my peers who have been around me yeah and just (laughs) i wish i could show you my like put on a slate
0: what i've been through and
1: how much i've learned from it
0: well not just the high schoolers their parents as well absolutely because they also need to accept the risk that they're going to take with their kids and i wish they would put their children at risk i know it's asking for a lot but, but it's, it's worth it if you get through. so worth and it. even if you don't get through it sounds like y- 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 your friend did fine yeah and and, and i know i
1: know it's anecdotal data to, to just data basically or mm-hmm. to have one person as like hey he did well and these mm-hmm. guys did it But we don't have enough of a sample size yet. And over the years, there are people who are graduating. My friend yesterday, actually, I think, yeah, he matched into a neurology program. Yeah, congratulations, to him. So he's doing very well there. So he's going to be a neurologist now. I think where people shine when they have their accolades stated in the U.S. is when they come back eventually to Kuwait and they want to establish a private practice. Having the board of, like being an American board certified and an American graduate, will set you apart there is no mm-hmm. doubt about that but initially coming back as an american-based doctor the only thing that you actually gain from it is the experience itself right. kuwait will not so i did have about so this is i know this is going to go on a tangent a bit but one of the sad parts about kuwait is being the first graduate from america my medical degree is supposed to be a doctoral degree it's a graduate degree yeah i already have a bachelor's degree yeah they didn't they didn't accredit my graduate, my uh, bachelor Bachelors. degree oh. they just treated my medical degree as a bachelor degree oh, and i'm yeah. like that is incredibly unfair yeah B-
0: because you have a whole other I other have a
1: bachelor degree and i have a medical degree and yeah. in the us it's in the equivalent of a phd mm. but they wouldn't but they wouldn't, they wouldn't certify yeah. it. so if you're willing to get if you're willing to like yeah, let these things semantics. go yeah semantics, it's semantics. Yeah. if you're willing to let this go so this is my, if you, if you're not a person who cares about his ego that much mm. as much as being the best per- version yeah, of yourself yeah. The U.S. is for you. It really is. It really is. And you should try it.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, This has Uh, been extremely eye-opening for
1: me. Thank you for having me. I just hope I could just share my message. I really do. And I'm very thankful for you, for your coffee, (laughs) and just for opening such a platform. I hope it's as eye-opening as I I can see it to be in the future. And you've been a wonderful host and asked very great questions. So thanks
0: for having me uh i i can't thank you enough honestly because this was something that it hit deep for me because it's something i i always wanted to hear about and i really hope everyone listening heard your message and i hope i hope it inspires change i, I hope do. it inspires I, people to go or not go I hope, equally
1: i hope honestly i'm happy with any decision and i'm happy to answer any
0: questions and thanks for having me again so uh that's the last sip of coffee for today then a final Wait, thank one you. more <laughs> one more let's, let's actually. Oops that's it by that time it, the coffee was cold but still <laughs> delicious coffee amazing guest uh i hope everyone at home uh, enjoyed and uh till next time take care hope you all enjoyed this episode of the doctor's brew new episodes to listen to with a cup of coffee coming your way every sunday on youtube and spotify and be sure to follow us on instagram for all the latest updates see you next time